you know what I've done. I've mostly been training church planters. People are starting new church experiences all over the the world. And I, I tell them now, there, there's nothing that you could do that would make it easier to gospel a city than to actually do what the city needs done. So instead of just planting a church, plant plant a business. This is a Life School Podcast, episode number 221. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Heath, my brother, we're back. We are back. We are back together, and it has seriously become summer. Are your kids out of school yet? Yep, just finished. They uh, Now Kathleen gets to wrangle. Now, we, you know, we homeschool, so we get to set our own schedule. Um, but, yep, they're officially done for the year. And right now everybody's going, oh, homeschoolers. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so it's not like she really How, gets a Does break. it change much for her? No. doesn't really change. It's not like she's like, okay, I love summer or I hate summer. But no. it's got to be easier because she's not having to like, all right, homework, guys. Come yeah. On. There's not the chasing. Of, or it's not the balancing act. She's not chasing like, 11 kids every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to get their homework. <laughs> and she also, you know, it's beautiful weather. Kids are outside all day. I mean, they'll play. Our kids are outside all day I can't, long. I can't tell anymore because, you know, you live one spot, but like here where we live, Kids seem to have gotten out of school different depending which school they go to. Yep. Age, private school, not. Yeah. If they're homeschool, part of a, a network. So sometimes they go off. But all of a sudden, I just see a lot more kids around last yeah, week. week it's and fun, a half. right? Yeah. Neighborhood yeah. gets a little bit louder. I, I'm digging it, though, yeah. because we kind of have an open yard policy here. Yep. Like, and there's, I don't know, we seem to have all boys in the neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so, like, they'll knock a ball in the yard or something, freak out. Sorry, sir. I'm like, nope, that's what a yard's for. Play in the yeah, yard. I, I don't it. care. Try not to break a window. If you do, we'll get it fixed. Don't cut yourself. Just come and get me. It's yeah, all good. And funny. they have actually, I've had stuff broken. And they come, so sorry. And I'm like, you're safe. You're cool. No one's bleeding. No. All right, great. Well, we'll fix it. I'm like, well, let's get it taped up. You know? So, yeah. How cool. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I think I'm known as the guy who's cool about it. And some of the parents are like, it's so cool you let the boys play in the yard. Because when our yards connect together, yeah. it's like a football field length, right? You know? Yeah, it's <laughs> no, massive. No fencing. Here. So. Yeah. Hey, so we got a guy on today that shares my initials, double H's. Double H's. So right at the, at the top of the show, you heard a little bit of Hugh Halter, right? My good buddy. Yep. Just kind of throwing hard there. And uh, here's what's, here's what's going to happen in this show today. So me and Hugh Halter... Some of you don't know who he is, but he's a really good friend of mine. He's an author and speaker and actually like a modern-day apostle. Yeah. And I'm not saying like capital A in the, in the lineage of St. Peter. I'm just saying like he's he's got that gifting sure. when you look in Ephesians 4. He's an apostle, much like myself, but he's also an evangelist. Like his heart for people and people mm-hmm. far from dad, are um, it's amazing, yeah. right? And so uh, he's had a lot of changes in his life lately, some of which I knew of because sure. we're buddies, but some of, I, some of which I've not really gotten the latest update. So what you're going to hear today on the Life School podcast is a little bit different because I wanted to catch up with you. Sure. And I knew it would be like funny and I knew it would be like, what are you doing? How's God doing? You know? Yeah. And I, but I thought, let me, I want to record it. And I asked him if I could just so we could share it. And it really is. It's like this, if you want to know what, like, what's an apostle look like today? Mm-hmm. You know, he's not wearing sandals usually, you know, like yeah, whatever, exactly. roaming around. He's got a truck, you know, and motorcycles and stuff. But um, what does it look like when someone shows up in a new town? Why? Because God sent him, not yeah. here, but there. And then what happens? And then, mm-hmm. Like, is God showing up or is it all hard work? Or, you know, so it's, it's, it's an amazing story cool. uh, of what he's up to in Alton, Illinois. I don't want to say a whole lot more, but I just want to let people know. So he's, he's the author of The Tangible Kingdom. Yep. 
uh, and him and Matt Smay, another great guy, they wrote the Tangible Kingdom, and then the Tangible Kingdom Primer, yep. which came out. It's the eight-week thing, right? Many of you have used that. I had the privilege of uh, editing that. We started building a relationship that way, and then we've got we we did journeymen together, where we would get guys together on his ranch, yeah, in in Colorado, there in Denver area, and just be super manly. And he had the best. He had the best saloon, like slash pub you've ever seen. I'm so some, cool. some of our listeners have seen pictures, I know. Anyway, so he and I are very close, and we laugh a lot, and I don't know anybody who loves people and Jesus more, seriously. That's who he's also, he's written other books, like so many other, I mean. Oh, yeah. Bivo you know, was a great one, and was an amazing book. And he also wrote with Smay. He wrote Brimstone, which is like, his God's like a super pissed off God, just in heaven waiting to bust everybody. No, that's not his heart. It's great. Huh. So anyway, let's go ahead and throw to the interview. Okay. You're going to love it. And then we'll come back at the end like we normally do. Um, big three it up. Kind of give a little of our thoughts. And then um, I'm going to give you my big three takeaways. Cool? Awesome. Cool. Right. Let's listen. So Hugh Halter, way too long that we have spoken. Actually, lo- not so long since we spoke. Way too long since we've done some stuff together. What, what's up with that? You know, Caesar, that, that beautiful ranch we had where we would hang out and and, you know, I guess, encourage pastors together, ride motorcycles, all that stuff. I guess those days are behind us, but it was it was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't want it to be behind us. I still want to ride motorcycles and, you know, drink the occasional Jameson and encourage pastors together. <laughs> yeah, well, if you would, you would quit crashing on your motorcycles, that would help. That's way behind me. That's three years plus ago. <laughs> it's like it never happened. It's like, it's like that commercial, like it never happened. <laughs> hey, so how long, when we were doing a lot of that stuff, you were still in Denver. How long have you been in Alton, Illinois now? And why did you originally move there? Like, what was the goal? Like, we're moving to Alton from beautiful Denver uh, and the ranch and all that because of why? How long have you been there and why did you go there originally? Well, I can make lots of jokes about it. But bottom line was that, uh, you know, our son had really severe epilepsy most of his life. So, you know, seven years ago, we find this assisted living center for him out in Alton. And uh, that's what actually made us buy the the ranch. It was the first time Cheryl and I had just been able to live our own lives without caring for his sort of hourly needs with the seizure disorder and all that. So when he finally came out here, we were like, hey, let's live a little. And we got that ranch because Cheryl always wanted to have horses and so we were, I think we were probably two years into just loving life on this ranch. And, uh, in, in Denver, you mean? Yeah, in Denver. And, uh, yeah. and then, you know, we go visit Ryan about four times a year. And every time we'd fly into, you know, you fly into St. Louis, you drive through, you know, Ferguson area and you go over a bridge and you dump down into this little river town, about, uh, 50,000 people total. But it was, you know, beautiful town, but it was just bombed out. There was nothing going on. Couldn't find a cup of coffee in the entire downtown. No breakfast joint. No. That's not good news. No, no, it's terrible. That's not good. And, you know, a lot of buildings boarded up. Then we start to sniff around. We start to hear the story of, of how this town, like many towns, lost a lot of their industry uh, back in the 60s and 70s. And so it lost about half its population. So you can imagine, uh, you know, just trying to keep a business alive was difficult. So. We finally, make a long story short, we were just having dinner at a little Italian joint one night and talking to a waitress that was sharing about her drug issues and and walking out, Cheryl just goes, hey, why don't we sell the ranch and move here, see if we can help out. Wow. And uh, that was literally what started the story, started a big fight between Cheryl and I too for about two weeks because 
I was actually kind of loving the ranch. <laughs> I know. I you would I, you didn't even complain. You didn't even complain about getting up at like the crack of dawn every day, freezing cold and mucking out piles of poo and every yeah. It was you were amazing about it. It was like you were in your element there. I had that that killer Irish bar in the middle of this, you know, the old saloon. Oh, the, the saloon. Oh my god! Fill that thing with guys that just loved. I mean, it was just a great yeah. place to live and and do life and ministry. So no reason to leave there for sure. How long ago did you move to Alton then? Three years. Okay. And did you think like, well, we're just going to get on the ground and see what God shows us? Or did you have some plans like, okay, let's like start a business and hire a bunch of broke people, or let's open up a pub, or let's finally open a coffee shop? Or what did you think? Like, hey, we're going to go, like, it's three years is enough time to go, hey, it wasn't what we thought. <laughs> it's this now. <laughs> no, I would say it was the first. We we showed up. We had no idea. You know, I had planted churches in the past, but I, I did not feel like God was going to have us rewind that story. Um, I did about, you know, three months in, I tried to buy a little tiny broken down, boarded up gas station to try to make my own coffee shop. I thought, screw it. If nobody's going to buy coffee, at least I will have coffee for me. So um, that deal fell through. And so I, I sort of made a commitment to the Lord and to Cheryl. I would not try to, you know, make it happen or pursue things too fast. And then it was just a little bit after that. I had a very fateful car drive with a gentleman named John that I, I didn't really know that well at all. And it, it changed our entire history and story of what's going on with us now. Wow. Is that a setup? Let's go to a commercial. We don't even have commercials. <laughs> okay. So what, what changed? What happened on that fateful drive? Well, I was uh, with a guy that uh, started a very successful law firm and he's from this area. And when the rest of the town was dying, he was building this pretty amazing business. And um, so he had he had bought in some buildings, apparently. I didn't know this, but he just said, hey, let's take a drive in my car. I want to show you some buildings I own. And, uh, and he pulled up in front of this old federal post office. Um, and you probably have one in your town. Most towns have the old, you know, they're huge pillars. They say United States yeah. Post Office on the front. They're super elaborate. You're like, wow, is this how they used to look? <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so he pulls up in front of that and goes, yeah, what do you think about that? And I said, oh, it's big. It's nice. And uh, and we just started to talk. And he was like, you know, I think I want to give this to you. I think you'll know what to do to help this town. Wow. And uh, I said no, because I didn't. I still wanted to move back to Denver at that point of the story. But uh, <laughs> you're still hoping, right? Okay, we gave it a shot, you know. Yeah, four months. But uh, he gave me the key, said, hey, just, you know, keep the key for a month or two. If you really don't want the building, then give it back to me and uh, we'll just move on. And so I got, you know, the family and I walked through because it wasn't just Cheryl and I, my, uh, my two adult daughters and their one husband, one fiance, they all decided to move with us. So it was kind of a, a big right. family mission venture. No kidding. We, I know. I love it. And we just started to talk about it and we went, oh, we know exactly what to do. And so the vision really became to create the living room for our city, you know, a place where people hang all day long, do their business there, do their meetings, meet people. You know, 40% of our town is African-American. Uh, they don't traditionally hang in the downtown sector at all. Uh, they were essentially redlined out of the downtown business community years ago. So um, we thought, what if we could create a place that would bring people together in this town? And so 
Yeah. Amazing. That's what we did. Now, I can super relate in two ways. I got to, I just got to interject here. One was years ago, Tina and I bought an old Masonic temple. Like that, it kind of sounds like what you, when you pulled up and you saw this place and you went through it, you're like, you're some, yeah, it stinks. It's weird. Your stomach kind of drops because you, you realize there's a part of your heart going, I could maybe do this. And you're like, don't do it. You know? So it's like, and that's how we felt. We were like, uh, and it was too good to be true. We got it for like pennies and it was like, uh, but we did it. And it was like, we always called it the blessing and the curse. (laughs) It was so big and so heavy, but it was such a blessing to so many people and including us and getting to do ministry out of there and all. But and then the second thing I could relate to is sort of having a place that's like everybody's living room or like in our case with, with the Chaka Bra, with the restaurant, it's everybody's dining room, you know, because yep. yep. everybody just ate there. And we ran that place for eight years as sort of the place. And it still is. Now we've we've sold it and we sold it to a guy who's kind of come from a restaurant family. So he he still gets it. And it's 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 slightly different, but he still maintains it. And it's busy as heck and everybody loves it. We still eat there all the time. It's great. But Yep. What a lot of work though, brother, that from this point of your story ahead. And I remember when you were starting, you told me, Hey, this guy gave me a post office in the Mississippi. And I'm like, what? And you're like, yeah. So I'm out trying to figure out how to get the money to rehab it. And I'm like, what do you need? And it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm thinking like, maybe I could send you, you know, a grand to help out or something. You know, it's like, what? I figured, you know, in my head, I needed a half a million bucks. You know, all the windows were boarded up. It had not been in operation for 60 years. So I figured new plumbing, new electrical, new, new windows, new everything. So, but it had amazing bones. It's all cinder block, you know, in fact, the fire marshal did not even ask me to put sprinklers in because he goes, there's nothing to burn here. Everything is cement. If nothing can burn, don't need sprinklers. (laughs) So anyway, so when we started to raise money, um, I remembered one gentleman from Iowa that said, when you guys figure out what God wants you to do there, we want to help out. So. Uh, I called him and said, "Hey, Al, I got a I got a key to a building." And he goes, "Take it." And I was like, "Well, Al, it's going to cost a lot." And uh, you know, and again, I'm still trying to get back to Denver, so I'm trying to talk him out of giving me money. So I'm like, hmm. "You know, Al, I know you guys give a, to a lot of you know great things, so I don't want to presume you still want to help us out." And but he said, "Just you know, what do you guys need?" And so he made a commitment over the phone right then. Before I had even really said yes to the building, he said, I'll give you guys $300,000. Wow. So there's a big swipe, 300K against maybe a potential half million dollar need. That's giant. Yeah. It was like, crap. I think this is what God's doing. So, what are you going to say now? What are you going to say would, to dad now? Hey, dad, I don't want to yeah, do this. Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough. <laughs> wow. So then I was speaking at a men's retreat a few weeks later, a bunch of guys I don't know down in uh, East Bay, you know, Silicon Valley guys and. And uh, those guys heard the story of what we were thinking of doing during the retreat. And uh, a bunch of those guys, seven, seven of those guys literally threw in 150,000. And they didn't know me at all. They, you know, so all of a sudden I had 450, 450, as we say. Yeah. Yeah. So then the mayor and the city said, you know, we will help you. So they, they threw in about, well, just about 60, maybe 75,000. Wow. That's a lot for a municipality, especially a broke one. Yeah. Then, yep. Yep. So it, you know, we were able to, I basically took 12 months and just work, you know, 16 hours a day, putting this building back together. So we opened up uh, a year and a half ago. So I worked on it a year. I remember, we opened man. up in January of uh, 17, 18, whatever that was. And it, it literally took the town, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to say by storm, but we were the only thing that people were talking about for that first couple months. And 
nothing's happened, right? Talk about a picture of good news and re- redemption and restoration. And I mean, it's just good news all over it. <laughs> oh, man. It was. So, it, it, you know, and we can talk about this more, but it, you know, I, you know what I've done. I've mostly been training church planters. People are starting new church experiences all over the, the world. And I, I tell them now there, there's nothing that you could do that would make it easier to gospel a city than to actually do what the city needs done. Yeah. So instead of just planting a church, plant, plant a business, plant a... Instead of planting a church service, what do they need? They don't need another church service. Trust me, look in a phone book, you know? Yeah. So now this place is called The Post. And what does it function like every day? What's What's happening today? What's going on every day, every morning, every day? So from seven to four o'clock, uh, Monday through Friday, we are in all-day brunch cafe, high-end coffee shop. Mm. And, uh, and then... Really, I think we're the premier event center in town now. So we do a lot of next seven weeks. We have pretty high-end weddings going on the weekends. Do, so. do you make a little cash for that? So, I mean, you're charging us something that's like helps, but it's profitable for you guys to help pay the bills. And yeah, the, the uh, you know the coffee and the food, as you know, just barely covers yeah. employees and keeps the building alive. But yeah, the events are probably where we make most of our profit. I'm just curious because I know people listening will be going like, okay, so. Not everybody's going to find a half million dollars to renovate something cool, but God moves in crazy ways. But then you still got to keep the lights on. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just asking the, some, my business background. I have to. <laughs> yep. So that's basically the plan. We're going to start a roastery here in hopefully about six months. So there'll be an, another business that will begin to kick off out of there that we think will do pretty well. How much square footage are you not using in that building yet? Or have you already kind of like figured out all the corners and you're using it? No, we're using probably 9,000 of 12,000 square feet, but we're about to open up the basement as kind of a shared office uh, business incubator space and let people oh, cool. get down there. And, um, and what yeah. about, what about resurrecting the idea of like a micro distillery? Maybe that should be at the post. Well, Caesar, you know me, it's, it's, I still wake up. I, I think it could potentially be there. We've got the room for it, but as you know, you know, it, it's a quarter million bucks to start a distillery. So yeah, another half nod. When, yeah. Yeah. Right. When I get an extra quarter mil, then we might make a, make a play at that. Oh, I just happened to have it sitting on my desk and I didn't know what to do yeah. with it today. So it's <laughs> done and done. I'll send that right on over. Thank you. <laughs> I, I have to go here. So now the post is up and running and it's clearly good news. And I, I've, I've not been there yet, which I apologize for, but I, I'm, I want to post a link of some pictures so because people are going to be listening to this going like what's it look like so maybe you can help me out with some a link to like some sort of before yeah. and after pictures if you got them stashed somewhere totally but uh but uh, people are gonna want to see it but but i've seen the pictures and so i can kind of get it. it's not that unlike chakra in a sense it's just kind of hipster reclaimed coolness yeah. and um but but real open i love it i love the tall ceilings and all that but now that this thing's running for a bit how's it led to opportunities for the gospel and additional community and community involvement for you and, and, you know, and the team and and the family and all that, like the good news going out and the reputation of being good newsers. I I know it's not just like goods and services. So what's it leading to? So we have, you know, a little missionary community, about 30 people that meet every other Sunday night. And we call that the side door gathering. Um, we, we don't want staff to, and, and friends yeah. of staff and kind of like your, your, uh, your oikos. Yeah. Yeah. People literally have asked us why we're doing this, you know, so some people have given up on church. Some had never been in church, but are moving, you know, towards the gospel. And so we provide just a normal time we eat together and then we, we talk about the Lord and do stuff every once in a while, a little worship or something. 
Monday nights, last two Mondays of every month, I do a journeyman, uh, what you and I used to do for pastors. I just do it for local dudes. And um, so we just do that kind of around the whiskey bar. And, uh, you know, that's about, you know, 25 dudes right now. Half of them are from, you know, African-American side of town. Half are from the white side. And Where do you do that? You do it at the post or you do it at your house? Yeah, we do that one at the post. And, okay. um, and then, you know, big living room, cro- it's a big living room. Yeah, totally. Our CrossFit gym has just asked me to do church for them on Sunday morning, which essentially church is we sit around a mat and, uh, we just talk about Jesus. I walk through the book of John and, uh, you know, a lot of those people helped us with the building. So they're all integrated in the life mm. of the post. And so we have basically three little missional community type expressions all around you know, it's just a small handful of people, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's going better than any church plant I had ever been a part of. And then what we do out of there is we try to start other little micro communities. Uh, McKenna, you know, McKenna, she's going to start a yoga class out of the building. We've got a big back banquet room that McKenna's your youngest daughter for those who are listening. She's also married now, but she's your youngest. Beautiful. So she, she's going to start our fourth community, uh, called common <laughs> yoga, which will be a, a donation-based yoga so poor folk can access that i had remember remember years ago i had this guy teaching me yoga and and his and he he was like a pretty expensive trainer and i but i wanted to learn some stuff and i loved him and he said i'll tell you what i'll teach you yoga if you'll teach me about jesus and we'd get together and we'd cross our legs in ways that were painful to me and not to him and have a candle between us and then he would tell me how to breathe and and i would tell him about jesus it was awesome for a long time Yeah. Yeah, So a lot of people ask about the yoga thing because it's not traditionally, you know, a Christian thing. A lot of people think it's demonic, but you know, my daughter's a missionary. She's learned that you don't, you don't do Christian things to non-Christian people. That's not what works. She is creating a space where she can just build relationship. And so uh, the yoga, you know, even the other people that want to help her lead that are, they're not believers. And she's like, let's, let's do this together and let's trust that Jesus wins along the way, you know, so. Now, I hope that, I hope that not only our regular, you know, folks listening to this today getting, wow, encouraged by what they can do and be. And they're like, uh, some people are thinking like, oh, I'm not Hugh Alter. I can never find that kind of money. It's really not about the money. I'm What I want everybody to hear is I wanted to hear all the things that have sprung out of just being there and being good news that cost nothing. So the side yeah. door, doing journeyman with a bunch of guys, starting a yoga class, going and holding quote church with with a black box, uh, you know, for CrossFit and all, none of that is what costs anything. So the other thing was someone gifted you with a big asset and then God said, here's the assets to finish it. But everything else you're saying, anybody could do this and, and these types yep. of things. And and these are all things that you like to do anyway. It's not like I hate working out or I hate doing yoga or I hate hanging out with guys and having a, a scotch and talking about Jesus. Like, no, that's what I want to do anyway. I hope they're hearing that. Well, and I hope they're hearing that. And I hope that I hope that pastors and church planners are here and like, maybe there's like, can we flip the model instead of starting a church service in a city that's got a million somehow thinking that we're going to be the one who, you know, our, our screens and our sound system will just be what finally tips them over the edge into eternity or something. <laughs> could, could we figure out how to be good news and build relational bonds and groups and activities that are good news that everybody gets to participate in as a way of discipling them to Christ? And, and so they're seeing, tasting, experiencing, participating in the good news. Really reminds me of the discipleship environment of Jesus. 
where he was like, everything was kind of happening in real time. And then the lessons flowed from that and everybody was participating, even when they didn't believe yet, which I think, you know, I have this picture of the disciples. They were just like sitting at Jesus, you know, feet with their knees bended, like eyes to the sky, like you're the best, you know, but that's not the story. These knuckleheads were fighting constantly. (laughs) Their mommy is like jockeying for better positions. And then it says in Matthew 28, when he's ascended to heaven, they're watching and some of them are elbowing each other. Like, I don't believe it still. I don't know who he says he was. He says they still did not believe some of them. So it's like, yeah, this sounds really like good news to me, brother. What's so what's the future hold for Hugh Halter and the Halter clan? Do you think in the months and years ahead, do you have any ideas? God giving you any like windows to like, okay, in two years, this is what's going to happen. And in five years, I'm releasing you or anything. I mean, what do you think's happening next? Well, uh, funny story. So same guy that gave me the building, uh, he decided that the rest of his life he's going to commit to rebuilding our town. So he's making a personal commitment of putting $75 million into our downtown core. over the $75 million years. into your town. Yep. So, so he's it, got a lot of literally money. Will, <laughs> it will, it will change. And he's a believer. He's, mm-hmm. We've had a lot of talk about the kingdom and about where the righteous prosper, the city will rejoice. And so... He's formed a team of amazing people from developers to marketers, and he asked me to jump in with their team to kind of help with, uh, I literally, I get to have a seat at a table of a redevelopment of a city. And, uh, and I think part of my, my job is just to, you know, think about the things that we're doing downtown and how it might affect the, the poor and the racial issues in our town. And Oh my goodness. So see I'm just like you. I got two grandkids. I've uh, I've been asked to help change a whole city, and I get to be a part of it with the post, and I get to be a part of it. So literally, I don't want to leave anymore. I uh, I enjoy getting you. on planes and consulting other people, but I I've, I'm learning that the best way to influence the world is live a really great story. Yeah, right where you live, and I I don't know if I could have ever architected that this would have happened to our family or that we would be able to be in a, in a place of influence like this. And so I'm just going to live it, bro. I think we're stuck here. The grandkids are popping out. Hey, uh, listen, I you don't know this yet. I'm trying to stay ahead of you. Uh, my daughter, Kristen is <laughs> now pregnant with uh, what will Lord willing be our third. So yeah. Nice. Nice. Congrats. Pretty bro. stoked. Yep. January. Going to add another quiver to the uh, team K bucket of arrows nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love team k oh, i man. love team k we're, we're going nuts i know so well man this is so encouraging to me and, and it makes me really miss you even more like i like you're trying to act like this is all behind us like i guess what i what you're saying is if i want to move to alton <laughs> and stand in your shadow i could, <laughs> I could do that. it would be a wonderful thing to have some partners in this town for sure we get we have a great little core of younger leaders um but yeah we we're we are desperate for kind of us old people, empty nesters. I think unless team K comes along, God's probably got us here too. I don't know. I try to, I used you know, I used to look at people like, Oh, you're so into your family. Like, what about mission? You know? And I'm like, ah, you know, my family's my mission, right? They're part of it. Come on. Right. I get to love this. Don't I get to enjoy this? Yeah, of course you do. You know, and we're just, we're all growing up, but it is, it is funny how you change. Remember how neither of us were like into buildings. Yeah. 
you know, for 20 years, we told people don't get a building and then God gives me a building. So, oh yeah. Well, it's like, I guess you, it's like when, when I became a church planner (laughs) of communities before there was church services, when I used to be in charge of production at a mega. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Exactly. So yeah, this is, isn't it amazing though, that God continues to like flip the switch in backwards ways and flip us upside down in our families, you know, praise God for Cheryl and, and, and both your gals and their husbands that, that they were like, God also blessed them with the vision. Like, let's be here. Let's be a family that makes a huge difference. And, and that also speaks so much you to what we tell everybody. Like, before you worry about trying to organize a church, before you start to try to organize a missional community out there and throw a lasso around a bunch of other people, um, let's be a family worth imitating. Let's be a family worth joining. Like, people want to be near the halters. I know they do. I do. <laughs> I miss you guys. Um, your daughters are a blast. They've always been, even when they were little and in high school, boom, they were my pals when I'd stay at the house. That's yeah. who you guys are. You're yeah. a family worth imitating and you're a family worth joining. Like, how do I wedge my way into, you know, halter clan here? What's going on? And you guys live that. So that's not something you have to put on anymore. Now you're adding, you know, babies to the, to the pile, which is beautiful. But I want people to hear that too. I want them to hear like, be a family on mission not with a project out there, like live this life. And, and God is just waiting. Like, you know, some of the people we're coaching right now, Hugh, they get a month, six weeks, two months into this, like starting to finally have some intentionality and open up their table and be good news to people and over tip a little bit and buy around. And they're like, all of a sudden they got all these friends and all this stuff coming out of the woodwork and favor, right. And, and good news showing up in their life. And yep. I'm like, that was all there before. <laughs> you know, Dad's just waiting for yep. us to open up and say yes. Right. So. Man, it's awesome to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for carving out yeah, this time you too, today. Man. You too. Um, Happy to do it. Any any last parting words you want to tell our folks? Like I just kind of preached there at the end of your story, but what 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 would you tell people who are hearing this going, man, I wish that was our story. I wish something like that would happen. So see, what what I was thinking, you know, as we were talking was how cool it is that that you've transitioned into really trying to provide a place where people can learn how to live like this. Yeah, it's not you know it's not rocket science. You and I both know it really it's not isn't. rocket science, but you need you need somebody at times going, hey, let's throw a party, and here's how you do it, and here's how it moves people. And so I I just hope you keep doing what you're doing, and people take a lot of you know literally the little communities that you set up. I hope people take it seriously and uh, realize that that Jesus made the gospel the easiest thing in the world to do. We just got to do some good news and be some good news. And uh, so hopefully that encourages folks. What a life we get to live. It's amazing, man. You can't take any of it with you. You're not taking the post to heaven with you, right? (laughs) No. But there's a little bit of heaven down here at the post. Thank God for that. Well, listen, please say hi to Cheryl and the gals. And I promise you I'm going to get to Alton and smell those little baby heads as soon as I possibly can. Yep. And, uh, and we'll stay in touch, but thanks again for being on. And I'll bet people are going to be like crazy just to hear your story today. So thanks brother. Awesome. We'll see you. Hugh is such an interesting dude. I remember the first time I was introduced to him back at a conference that you and Vanderstelt and him did in, uh, Alabama, Huntsville, mm-hmm. Alabama. GCM. Collective. Yeah. GCM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy, there's something ballsy about the him. one the where he, he just made fun of me the whole time. Yeah. yeah he did. Like, <laughs> His he, yoga stories about me sweating and, but he could also kick your, kick your butt if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. so you, He's you a manly man for sure. But I just love that his heart is, is wired to 
to do things differently, to, to go out, to innovate, to try new things, to take it's risks. It's like he has to. Like, yeah. I've known him long enough to know now. He truly is an apostle. Like, he's got an apostle's heart. For him to sit on the same thing for too long, he just yeah. grows restless, and he's he's not going to be the biggest blessing. Like, everybody's got their role. Sure. Shepherds, pastors. Even though he's a super nice guy, and you think, oh, he's got a shepherd's heart, he's an apostle through and through, and evangelist, too. Like, huh. he can just talk to people about God and Jesus in ways that... They've never even thought of or heard, and they're immediately, it's salty, they're interested. <laughs> it's oh, just, wow. But he is, he is a great guy. And so, deep. you know, we, we said it before on the show, if you want to find people of peace, be a person of peace. Yeah. The, the halters live that way. That's so cool, man. And so, you know, they're like, they're like a magnet. They're like, you know, people are just drawn to them, and they really love Jesus, and so that's what they talk about a lot, and, but not in weird ways. So If you're ever in Alton, Illinois, drop Go by. see the post. Yeah, yeah. go see you. Dro- drop in, and you might see him, you might not, but you'll get a good cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's get to the big three for this week. Yeah, uh, I got some takeaways for sure. If you want the free downloadable PDF of the big three, we give it to you by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. You'll get it right away. B-I-G, uh, the number three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the three things that, if nothing else, we want you to walk away with from this episode. So if we were to, like, still it down, what you'd walk away with. Caesar, what are your big three? So, yeah, and, and just, you know, coming out of that conversation, I was like, here's my three takeaways. You know, yeah. I had to distill it to three. So first one I go, uh, I'd say, um, of the big three, sometimes God leads us to places and in ways that may surprise us. Right. And Hugh and his wife, Cheryl, were living in Denver on a ranch, and I'd been there many times and loved it. And they had just finished remodeling, you know, that thing for ministry that they believed God had called them to. Yep. And then God spoke again. And, you know, they're like, oh, maybe we should go here. So I'm asking people, like, don't miss this. Have you ever wondered if you've heard God's voice and calling clearly? Hmm. And then he's asked you to do something else. Could God be using one season of life in a set of circumstances that you're experiencing now to prepare you and your family for what he's got next? That's a great question. Because sometimes we think like, well, this is what God called us to, yeah. so now we're going to die here, right? <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no, sometimes it's this and it's a season. And I often wonder like, why is the church in Ephesus that Paul planted still not there? Hmm. Yeah, things move. Yeah. Things move, things change. Yeah. God is mysterious. And probably a lot of people hearing this are going, ooh, you know, I got to pay attention. Right? Yeah. Second of the big three, God always provides for the things he calls us to do. Like, boy, that was super evident in his story, right? Absolutely. So often we don't follow God's leading or call because we feel like we need to see every step clearly before we even start out. And we think we need to understand and see all the ways he plans to provide for what he's calling us to do before we would take that first trusting step of obedience. Right. Our good and great father knows the future he has for us. And he's proven throughout history, all scripture throughout history and our own lives. Just look at your own life. Look back. Sure. That he's fully able to and desires to provide for everything he calls us to. He's never going to call you to something, and then you're like out there, like, oh, now what? You know, you can trust him. Yeah, you can, absolutely. So third thing, question, what areas of your life and ministry may God be trying to get your attention in and make some changes? Hmm. All the gospel influence and expansion that we just heard about Hugh and his family experiencing now in Alton would not have happened if they had stayed comfortably, you know, for ministry on the ranch in Colorado. Sure. Now, God would still love them the same, even if they, you know, missed it or said, are you kidding? We just got the ring, you know, or whatever. Right. But what a missed opportunity it would have been. Yeah. So what could you do tomorrow, or what would you do tomorrow, if time, money, and other people's opinion of you were not an issue? Man, that is such a good question. A great adventure may be waiting for you, right? If you just say yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you can say yes to God with great confidence every time. I, You know, I, this is Hugh's story today. I'm not going to get into it, but you know my story. I mean, yeah. Tina, God has moved Tina and I through so many different things where it's like, that makes no sense. And you're like, 
it's the best thing ever. You know, <laughs> but I had to let go of that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it, it always, uh, I love the fact that you're saying that he always provides too. like, he's not going to leave us out to, to hang for dead, you know? Like, and you'll, you know, like we just heard, <laughs> Hugh was trying his best to not accept some of these things. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the big three. Again, if you want the downloadable PDF of that for free, you get it by going to one, two, three lifeschool.com forward slash big three. If you've not yet been part of our Facebook group, we'd love to have you. It's a, it's free, obviously. It's on Facebook, and we have lots of great conversation, and the community's growing. All you need to do to get to it is go to Facebook.com. Up in the search bar, type in Life School Podcast. We'll approve you. You can enter yeah, you into the community. Yeah, just got to hit, like, join group, and it asks yeah. you a couple questions, and then bing, bing. And you're in. Yep. Hey, next week, we're going to talk about how to pray the gospel over all of life, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, not just asking God for stuff, but how do we how do we take this pattern that Jesus gave us and see the gospel in every bit of it? It's yeah. so big and so beautiful. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Cool. So I'm excited for that next week. Awesome. Join us for that. That'll be next Monday. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.